and happy Wednesday. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And this is Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we revisit our childhood favorite movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. We have a special episode for you today, and it's extra special because I am at one of my favorite childhood vacation spots. <laughs> yeah, this girl sent me a voice memo of herself literally at the beach, and I want you all to hear it because the, this, the audacity, the pure unmitigated gall. <laughs> Not to brag or anything, but I am teleworking or tele telepotting, if you will, from the Jersey Shore right now. And I just thought I'd send you a voice message to tell you that I am standing with my feet in the water. I have a drink in my hand and the sound of the ocean in the background. Just enjoy this for a moment. Just take it in, breathe it, live it. ASMR, right in your ears. Again, not bragging, just a day in the life. Hashtag influencer probs. <laughs> Shout out to Wildwood, New Jersey. Okay, bye. Like, come on. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> And now I'm just like sitting on my hotel room floor, just recording. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> just living the life. She does this for us, guys. She suffers for our enjoyment. <laughs> I aim to please. Exactly. Well, if it makes you feel any better, honestly, I got home from the beach after bragging to you and had the biggest sunburn all over my entire oh, back. No. So <laughs> I guess that was immediate karma. Yeah, exactly. The sun was like, you need to calm down. <laughs> I was like, ha ha, I'm at the beach. And I get back to the hotel room and I'm like, oh, it hurts. Well, hopefully our review this week will soothe that a little bit. <laughs> sure, that'll work. So back to business. This week, we are rewatching and reviewing the Disney film, A Goofy Movie. And we also have a special guest host joining us, too. Yay! But first, we are going to get into some background info and some fun facts. Then we have a fun game to play. And lastly, we'll get into our review. All right. So A Goofy Movie is a 1995 American animated musical comedy film produced by Disney Movie Tunes and Walt Disney Television Animation. The film was directed by Kevin Lima and is based on the Disney afternoon television series Goof Troop, which was created by Robert Taylor and Michael Peraza Jr. A Goofy Movie serves as a standalone follow-up to that show. The film features the voice talents of Bill Farmer, Jason Marsden, Jim Cummings, Kelly Martin, Polly Shore, Jenna Von Oy, Wallace Shawn, and Tevin Campbell as Powerline. A Goofy Movie was released theatrically on April 7, 1995 by Walt Disney Pictures and grossed $37.6 million. Unfortunately, the film had been greenlight by the recently fired Jeffrey Kotzenberg, so it definitely didn't get the release it deserves since Disney deemed it to merely be a contractual obligation. Oh no. This also led to mixed reviews from critics. However, with the home media release, a Goofy movie gained a cult following and even resulted in a direct-to-video sequel being released in 2000. 
If you haven't seen this film since the 90s or have never had the pleasure of seeing this adorable adventure, here's an extremely short plot summary from our main man, Kenneth Chisholm, at IMDb. (laughs) Our man, Kenneth. Our boy. (laughs) (laughs) When Max makes a preposterous promise to a girl he has a crush on, his chances to fulfill it seem hopeless when he's dragged onto a cross-country trip with his embarrassing father, Goofy. <laughs> yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so broad, but there's so much that happens in the movie. So it's it's a good overview. Yeah, definitely. All right. So jumping into our fun facts, my first fun fact is that Rob Paulson, who voices PJ in the movie, has admitted several times in interviews that he has never seen this film in its entirety. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, our guest host has never seen this film at all. So yeah, (laughs) that is true. Can't wait till we discuss for this episode. All right, so my first fun fact is that Donald Duck originally had a larger role where he played a travel agent in this film, and apparently he has like a wacky scenario with Goofy where Goofy can't understand him because he's quacking for like two minutes, and <laughs> and also Pete was supposed to have a bigger role as well. He was supposed to be a truck driver who was taunting Goofy the whole road trip. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That would have been a, an interesting and very, very different We'll talk a little bit more about his role in this movie, but I, I kind of yeah. like how they did it, how they switched him around in this one. I think so, too. Yeah. And the Donald Duck one's funny because they make a, a couple of Donald Duck references in this. And it's, yeah. it's super funny that he has like no part <laughs> in this film. <laughs> right. And you see him and Mickey like once or twice and that's about it. But yeah. um, I thought it was really cute. I kind of wish that they had left that in the movie. I think that would have been adorable. Yeah. 100% agree. I just love Donald. I think I am Donald. <laughs> like, out of all of them, I think I'm Donald. <laughs> totally agree. I love that for you. <laughs> no pants life. <laughs> no, not at all. Just always angry. <laughs> so my final fun fact is actually about some hidden Mickeys in this movie. Ooh. So as we know, Disney likes to hide their characters in movies and put in little hidden Mickeys or little little hidden Easter eggs um, in each movie. Yeah. So for this one, during the Powerline concert, Mickey Mouse can be spotted in the crowd in the lower left portion of the crowd shot immediately after the stage manager is thrown into the Diamond Vision screen. So when he gets, you know, totally like shoved into it and it explodes and the sparks go everywhere and you can see Mickey Mouse in the lower left portion of the crowd and then Mickey Mouse can also be spotted during the show in the auditorium when Max flies towards Roxanne and again in the left bottom corner right after the camera focuses on the whole room you can see him in there and then obviously he's also on the roadside with Donald Duck during their very very quick cameo Oh my gosh. That is so specific. Right? <laughs> they really snuck him in. <laughs> They're like, he's only in the left corner doing this <laughs> sign. Like <laughs> He's this, in the southwest quadrant. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. That is fantastic. I love that. I love how Disney always has something hidden in their films. Yeah. It kind of bothers me when I find one. And I'm so proud that I found it. But then I go online to see if other people have found it. And other people found it like way before I did. (laughs) So defeated. We should just know at this point that there's always going to be somebody from the production company who's just like, haha, did you guys notice this? And it's like they're actually just putting it online for like more publicity. Right. (laughs) Just an inside leak. Yeah. It's kind of rude. Exactly. Tom Holland is at it again, people. (laughs) But yes, so we have a fun game for you guys today. 
Yeah, we would now like to welcome back our co-host and crowd favorite, the <laughs> one and only Tyler. Woo! Shalom. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Tyler. <laughs> All right, Lex, do you want to explain our, our game for everybody? All right, so for today's game, we are doing a kind of see how well you know each other quiz. I asked Steph and Tyler questions yesterday. I got their answers and I'm going to be asking their partner what they think the answer to the question would be and we will see if they get it correct, if they actually know their partner or not. Are you guys ready? No, but let's go. (laughs) I'm ready. So we will start with Tyler. His questions are him him answering. (laughs) Well, we'll start with Tyler answering. Okay, great. Because he's the guest of honor, so he needs to go first. Age before beauty. (laughs) All right, so Tyler. Yes. What would be Steph's first reaction to accidentally finding Sasquatch? Oh, she would be so hyped. She would be <laughs> she would be the uh, like the mad scientist that's like finally like I was right. I was right. You all laughed at me and I was right. In other words, I'd be like I told you so. Oh, very much. You are not above saying I told you so. Oh my gosh. Tyler nailed that. <laughs> he nailed that right on the head. Like Steph Steph literally texted me I would immediately tell Tyler, I told you so. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) All right. So Steph, Mm -hmm. now here's your question. Your first question about Tyler. Oh God, I'm scared. (laughs) I have the memory of a goldfish. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What is one essential item that Tyler cannot travel without? Cannot travel without. Did you give a list or can I? No pressure. Tyler just nailed it. But you, you're taking a little too long. (laughs) I'm like thinking of all the things that he always travels with. So he always travels with headphones. He always travels with a portable charger. Um, What does he always travel Mm -hmm. with? Uh, Me. Please keep going through the list. We have all day. (laughs) You are the only, you only think of yourself? (laughs) Me. I'm trying to think. Those are like the two things that you always, always travel with. Um, We're going to be here for hours, people. (laughs) I don't know what else you like. We always go to different places. <laughs> Those are the only two things that you always bring are your headphones and a portable charger. Is that your final answer? I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, that's, that's my final answer. Like, I don't know. Underwear? Like, what? All right. Tyler, would you like to break the news to her or shall I? What is it? Yeah, so I even gave her two answers yeah. that you could have what? possibly... You so you had one of two to choose from. What? Um, number one was a hairbrush or a hair tie. Yeah, that's I mean, a new development. That is not something <laughs> you've always traveled with. Well, it appears that you newly don't know your husband, We're Stephanie. We're asking about right now. You're looking real Which unfamiliar right now. Travel with. Uh, but the other, the other potential answer was you could have said, "I'm a minimalist and I really don't need much." That's but like you that's, only bring your headphones and a portable. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's enough. You got it wrong. I did not travel with either in this movie. <laughs> you didn't travel with a hairband for years. <laughs> this game has now turned into couples counseling. <laughs> All right, next question. Steph is, Steph is just so competitive. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to be able to uh, me say, "Well, I know you better." Right. So she really wants to. Win Steph, that. you are looking real unfamiliar right now. Next question. We don't know who you are anymore. Next question. I'm tired. 
right. Who was the first? This is going great. That was question number one. <laughs> Steph is already ready to throw the rule book out the window. Question question for Tyler. How do you feel about this game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm, I'm one to know, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. So for Tyler's second question, I have, who is the most famous celebrity Steph has ever met? Uh, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, well, I did meet Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> I forgot about him. Um, <laughs> so did you lie? No, that's, I wouldn't say that's the most famous. Did Steph lie okay, to me? Then how about Taika Waititi? Yes. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Yeah, I forgot I met Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> so Steph said, Steph said that Taika Waititi, yeah, for sure. But she also said that the coolest were some of the people from the cast of Mean Girls. So I thought that was important to note. But Tyler's nailing this. I told you, I have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> I totally forgot that I, mean, I, I wish I would have been able to meet Chadwick Boseman. You met the Black Panther. Come I on, did. man. I did. Right. Literally like a month before the movie came out. It does not get, get any better from there, Steph. Listen. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> so Tyler two, Steph zero. Here we go. So Stephanie. Yes. What is the first thing that Tyler does when he comes home from a trip? The first thing that he does? Yep, when he gets home from a trip. He, like, immediately unpacks. He, like, immediately unpacks and, like, does laundry and, like, starts to merge back into normal people life. Oh, my gosh. It's not completely hopeless. She got one, people. (laughs) Yay! Yay! Snaps all around. I'm still going to go to the official referee about this hairbrush thing, but continue. (laughs) Yay! Good for you, sweetie. You're doing great. Thank you. I'm on the board. <laughs> All right. Lex, would you like to read this the second part of what I put to that question? No, I don't. I don't want to know what it is because I know what it is. And it's that I don't unpack. Yes, it is. <laughs> Bonus points for that. Yes. <laughs> Bonus points for her knowing that I would drag her on yep. uh, not unpacking. <laughs> I need like a week to unpack. Like, give me time. Try a month. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So Steph gets half a point for knowing that Tyler would roast her. (laughs) So it is two to 1.5, everyone. I love this. Tyler's last question. Are you ready, Tyler? Ready. What is Steph's funniest travel experience? (laughs) Oh, geez, this is really open-ended. And I really only asked this one because I want to share it. I think it's hilarious. I will give you a hint. It involves you. Oh, geez. Yikes. Um, do, 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 don't you start, Steph. <laughs> I don't know why. I have no idea why I'm, I'm thinking of this, but now I'm just thinking of our honeymoon where there was Carl the Peacock and he just squawked all the time. Um, and then we sort of became like celebrities on the resort Ooh. because we won a honeymoon game there. Um <laughs> But I guess it's so not close really it a, a specific You are so moment. close. You Am are close? so it's about close. The honeymoon. It's about the honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> Would you like to phone a friend? I don't remember. I'll 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 concede this. I'll concede Ooh, this point. Tyler's I'm giving up. To hear. Steph could come back. If you get yours right, you could actually come through and win. I'll do my best. <laughs> yes. So Steph said the funniest travel experience was when Tyler got stopped on the return flight from our honeymoon oh. with contraband massage candles from the resort in his bag. Okay, well, she was the only one laughing at that. I was getting patted down by a very sturdy TSA agent. It was not gentle at all. 
So I guess that's why I was a little bit traumatized. So I guess that's why I wasn't thinking about it as a they, funny moment. They fully stopped him and they like open it up and they're like, what do you have in here? And they like start pulling out like massage candles. And oh Tyler my God. Hidden them like in his clothes. And he's like, I swear they're for my wife. And I'm like fully like walking away. Like, like I do not claim him. I do not claim those. Oh my gosh. I'm giving Tyler half a point for traumatic experience. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Hey, hey, you don't question him the game PTSD. master. <laughs> Tyler, like, twitches every time he goes into an airport now. <laughs> He's been randomly selected so many times. <laughs> all right. So for all the marbles, Steph, are you ready? I am I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so since we gave Tyler half a point for a traumatic experience, um, you could tie it up with this. All right, let's do it. All right, so we asked Tyler. Why am I saying we? I asked Tyler. I asked Tyler, <laughs> out of the Sensational Six, who would Tyler be? The, oh, like Avengers? Like the Sensational what? Six of the Avengers? No. I also had to Google this for reference. Who is the Sensational feel- Six? <laughs> Just to clarify, people, the Sensational Six are Mickey, Donald, Goofy, oh. Pluto, Minnie, and Daisy. Okay, out of those six. Yep, who would he be? It's got to be Goofy or Pluto. It's got to be. Well, you got to pick one. I feel like it's Goofy. And you want to know why? It go- it has to be Goofy because Goofy has big Waluigi energy. And Tyler is such a Waluigi kind of person. I mean, honestly, your That's reasoning so is, pretty, is pretty spot on. I said I just gave yeah. a big... Tall, funny, and awkward vibes. Yeah, it's yeah. gotta be goofy. <laughs> yeah, you got that one right. So it is two point five to two point five. Would you guys like a tiebreaker question? I think we need to. I think it's not gonna settle our household until we know who won. <laughs> All right. So Tyler, are you ready? Ready. What is the number one song on Steph's travel soundtrack? Uh, the one where it go- the one from Ice Age where it goes on the way. <laughs> said when I asked her. It's true. It's correct. <laughs> it's correct. <laughs> I was confused by the initial question when Lex asked me and I was like, I don't know, like maybe something classic rock or like something by the chicks or like maybe something sad. And she goes, no, like the song. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so you're correct. <laughs> All right. So that's one for Tyler or no. Yeah. That's one for Tyler. Yeah. Steph, other than Powerline, if Tyler could see any artist or band in concert, who would he go see? Does this include somebody we've already seen before or is it just anybody you could see? I don't know if you guys have seen them before, but you got to tell me. It's anybody Tyler could see in like in concert? Yeah. No pressure. Just if you get this wrong, you're going to lose. Jimmy Buffett. Oh, she got it right. <laughs> yeah, you said that so confident, like so slyly. Tyler, like, ah. I even tried to throw her off and be like, they. I know. I appreciate she would, that. He would go see them in concert. Because I, I was like, I was like, well, he'd go see Kesha again. But I was like, but we've seen Kesha. So I'm like, yeah. who has he talked about relentlessly that he wants to go see before they retire? Uh, wow. So we're just fully tied. Yeah. So I think I'm going to call it there, guys. We've got a whole episode to I think keep it's going fair. on. So yeah, we got notes. So. Yeah. Well played. I guess we'll have to arm wrestle for the winner. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just rock paper scissors right now and <laughs> announce what you what you just put your All right, hand up. Ready? For. Oh, I wanted to do that way. Oh, and everybody. not best two out of three. <laughs> this is some weird sounds coming from over there. <laughs> 
We have actually tied four times in a row. We're going to believe, we're going to take yeah! your word for it. Tyler won. Rock, scissors. <laughs> this is how in sync we are. We literally just played that like six rounds in a row and did not beat each other. All right, so Tyler is the winner by default, by, uh, what is it, by rock, paper, scissors, Smackdown. It's very official. Congratulations, Tyler. How do you feel? Thank you. I'll, uh, I'll be awaiting my trophy in the mail. <laughs> You're going to be waiting a long time. All right, let's jump into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what you guys came here for. <laughs> It's been 10 minutes of stupidity. I hope you're all doing great. Yes. <laughs> so how much did we actually watch a Goofy movie as kids? I watched it a good number of times. My brother and I watched it. Definitely not as much as we watched an extremely Goofy movie. Yeah. But we defi- my brother and I definitely watched this a, a good number of times. Um, I remembered a lot of the plot, actually. So what about you? I, like you said, I watched the second one so much more. Um, I probably saw this one three or four times growing up. But Tyler, have you seen this movie before? Not once. <laughs> and I've always been very confused by the references that Steph would uh, make about <laughs> it. So this was brand new for me. Well, we are very excited to hear his take. Steph, do you have any nostalgic memories of watching this as a kid? Yeah, so my fondest memory of this, which ironically kind of coincides with my fondest memory of Xenon, a girl of the 21st century, is Powerline. Like oh, I remember, so random. I, well, I remember Powerline, and same <laughs> way with Xenon, I only remembered Protozoa. Yes. So it's like, yes. I remembered, I know all the words to like the songs in this, and I remember most specifically um, the scene when they're sitting on the car talking and like going down the river chatting together. Those are two things that I remember most about this right. movie. Everything else as I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember this plot line. I remember this plot line. But those were the two big things that I just kind of flashback to. Right. What about you? But yeah, I think the only part that I really remember from this movie is the part where they run into Sasquatch. <laughs> That's really it. Um, and then he starts going through their uh, their luggage and he starts playing with the sock puppets. My second favorite character. <laughs> yeah, that's the only part that I remember. It's so good. So what was it like for us to rewatch this as adults? I guess let's just jump into it. So I actually want to pass the baton to Tyler for this one because he... I know. I'm so curious. When we started watching it, Tyler, please tell the count that you kept going through the whole movie. Oh, uh, yeah. There was a body count. This movie, this movie was pretty, was pretty brutal. (laughs) Oh, no. You were counting like the people who like clearly died from Uh, something. Goofy committed vehicular manslaughter and then just kept going and Max had to grab the steering wheel and be like, dad, pay attention to the road. (laughs) <laughs> there was what there was the mime there was uh oh yeah that mime's dead yeah <laughs> oh my goodness i will tell you the part at the beginning where they're driving and max has to like steer the car out of the way really reminded me of national lampoon's christmas vacation when Clark yes. just goes right under a truck yep <laughs> just had major flashbacks to that oh yeah no there were so many parts of this where we were watching it and tyler was just like body count oh my god (laughs) well and then at the end when they're making everything up and then goofy just like disappears he gets like zapped or whatever he gets blown up yeah Yeah. and just disappears i was like oh my god is that how they're gonna end the movie (laughs) just like (laughs) just an empty pair of shoes where goofy used to be (laughs) oh no 
<laughs> Tyler wants to like edit it so the ending just has like Goofy blowing up and then Max's oh reaction gosh. and then it hard cuts to directed by. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of those old YouTube videos. Remember that mm, what you say? Yeah. Like whatever someone died, like they needed that. Just cut to black and all you hear is mm, what you say. <laughs> I completely forgot this was a musical. I don't know about you, Steph, but they started singing and I was like, wait a second. I'm not really, so I'm usually not the biggest fan of musicals, but I didn't yeah. find the music in this movie too, like, over the top. Like, they weren't doing musical exposition or whatever. Yeah. They were really just doing a few numbers to convey how they felt. And I think Steph pointed out, um, especially because they sort of, reconciled at the end, Goofy and Max right. uh, reconciled at the end over song, that it's sort of just kind of in their character that they're, I mean, Max is obsessed with Powerline. Yep. Um, yeah. He's a teenager looking to express himself, and Goofy is trying to hold on to the old days and his memories, which was also very musically inclined. So, like, it, it felt more natural than, like, just a random Disney character singing, you know, to the birds and to the bees out in, right. out in nature because of their feelings. Like, it, it, it felt like it belonged. Right. The birds doing Cinderella's laundry. Yeah. I agree. I actually really liked the music in this. I just didn't expect it. So it kind of <laughs> took me back for a second. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, this movie does have songs in it. I, I don't know how I forgot that. I thought they were good, and I thought they were a good addition to the storyline. Like you said, they kind of emphasized how everyone felt and what they were going through. Yeah, I think they were nice in that they didn't, like you said, they didn't have any exposition. There was nothing that needed to be explained through song. Like you said, it was more just how they were feeling, and it very much felt like their emotions in the moment. I'm really glad there was no exposition because it makes it easier to watch when you're not trying to listen for every word of the song. Yeah. And you're not trying to listen for any plot points in it yeah um so that yeah that helped a lot i mean to be fair there wasn't much plot in this movie (laughs) yeah which isn't a bad thing it's a simple plot yeah it also helps that the songs are catchy and that they don't go on forever too yeah that's a big thing we actually played last night after we watched it i was playing powerline songs in the kitchen and i was pointing out to tyler (laughs) where they had cut his songs to make them fit in the movie because the songs that are actually on the the soundtrack are much longer than what they put in the movie yeah um so like like you said i'm glad that they didn't have five minute musical numbers or 10 minute musical numbers like it was just here's about a minute and a half two minutes and then we're jumping to the next plot thing right oh my gosh when i heard wallace sean's voice i squealed (laughs) i had to tell tyler because i was like it's wallace sean and he's like who's wallace sean and i was like you know (laughs) from the princess bride (laughs) yeah never make a bet with a sicilian when death is on the line (laughs) when i heard his voice my first thought wasn't even about princess bride it was about the incredibles when he's like the law requires (laughs) that i answer no (laughs) you uh you really liked the part where he called Goofy's dad. You were like, are you, that was one of the parts where you actually laughed out loud when he was like, and he'll end up in the electric chair. Oh, yes. At the absurdity of it. So yeah. at the beginning of the movie, I was really trying to figure out what kind of movie it was going to be. I mean, right. it was very open-ended. So like, what is the premise? And so at first I was like, okay, is this going to be a will they, won't they between Max and what's her name? Roxanne. Ro- Roxanne. Is this going to be like a, a teenage will they, won't they between Max and Roxanne the whole movie? Um, but then, right, I guess he never really got in trouble or got detention for it was the last his, day of school. pulling off, right, the stunt, because it was the last day of school. Um, <laughs> but, but the principal then, like, 
with no evidence and without there's a so the big takeaway from this movie for me was <laughs> lack of communication. Yes, uh, Mr. Principal, you didn't describe anything that your that Max did, and Goofy, you didn't ask what Max <laughs> yeah. did. You just took the principal at his word that he's gonna end up in the electric chair, <laughs> right? Running with mobs. You didn't even ask what he did. He did a pretty cool stunt. It was kind of badass. Yeah. like come on, you should be proud of <laughs> yeah. your son. And I also thought it was funny. First of all, that Goofy was like, you know what's gonna fix Max? A good quality road trip to go fishing. (laughs) That's that's gonna do him real good. My son, who has expressed so much interest in fishing and quality time. (laughs) And then the other thing, going back to what you said about communication, Max and Goofy, this whole situation could have been avoided if they had just communicated in the beginning. And Max was like, I like this girl, and I promised her I was going to go to a Powerline concert. And then guess what? We wouldn't have even had a whole entire movie about their struggle and not communicating properly. Yeah, it does one of the age-old tropes, which is nobody talks to each other, and by the time they talk to each other, it's too late, and now they have to come together and, like, figure it out, and all of the strife and turmoil and issues could have been avoided if everybody had just opened the floor and discussed, which, again, it's a cartoon, so it's supposed to have these kinds of, like, wacky miscommunications and wacky nobody's-listening-to-each-other kind of situations, because that puts you in funny, comedic cartoon scenarios, but it is a... It is a trope that I'm always like, ah. Yeah, it is It is a little exhausting, right? Yeah. Because you know better. Um, but I, I was saying to Steph that I'm willing to give the movie the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because I think for the for the time period that it's from, the, the mid-90s, I'm not sure how many very strong, like, dad and single father sort of role models there were. Yeah. I think by our standards nowadays, we have a ton of dads who break gender rules and dads who are good communicators and dads who are loving and caring in a lot of examples of film and movie. But in the 90s, Goofy trying to, you know, relay with his son in this way was probably something that a lot of people went through right? because they didn't really have this kind of thing. So the other thing that the movie did real well, sorry, I'm talking a lot, but <laughs> you're I'm doing great. poetic. But <laughs> you are the star of the show, Tyler. <laughs> You tell us everything. A a traditional antagonist. Yeah. Yes. Um, Pete. Pete was just basically like how not to be a dad. Right. Yeah. (laughs) To rule with an iron fist. Yeah. And so Goofy being the like opposite and like trying to get his son to genuinely like him was like that was just the only really sort of antagonist way of like hey maybe maybe you can be a dad and also be a little bit of a softy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It. It really felt like the villain of this was the miscommunication. Yeah. That's what I think was the villain. It was almost like nobody talking to each other was the problem. Right. It wasn't that there was one particular bad person you could point to. Cause well, Goofy, again, did commit vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> and killed a mime. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I kind of felt like Max was kind of the villain a little bit in this movie. Just from him... It just really irked me that he lied to Roxanne and I get it. He's trying to impress his crush and he's trying to show off and be like, my dad knows power lines so that she'll like him more. But I was like, wow, he just lied like bold phase lie, not even a small white lie. He told her the biggest lie and now he's got to follow through with it. But then at the end uh, or closer to the end, he literally sabotages the map and thinks that Goofy's not going to figure out that he changed the entire direction of their trip. So I was kind of like, wow, how selfish can you be? But I also get it. He's a teenager. We we all do dumb stuff when we're teenagers. So I thought that his character was 
a lot of fun, but there were certain parts where older me was like, no, don't do it. Like Goofy has such a big heart. Don't break your dad's heart. But at the same time, I also felt like Goofy was also kind of a villain in his own right because Max is constantly trying to tell him like, no, I don't want to do this or trying to live his life and grow up and Goofy admits somewhere towards the end that he's like, I didn't realize you had grown up and he's kind of trying to push this like infantilizing onto Max and not listening to Max and just like, we're going to go do this and, you know, not sitting down with him. Hey, what actually happened at school today? Or, hey, you know, can we talk about this? Can we talk about what's going on with you? And then, of course, when Max was like, I don't want to do this, Goofy was like, I'll go all alone. (laughs) Like a lot of like little manipulation. So um, that's that's why I'm like, I feel like they both played a part in it like obviously not to discredit like Max did some messed up stuff and and while we were watching it Tyler and I were like do you really think he's not gonna realize that you guys went west and not north (laughs) like right the very famous route 66 junction where you have to decide if you're going to Los Angeles or Idaho (laughs) when we drove across the country we came to that exact spot (laughs) for reference everyone there is no such junction (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then our good friend Kyle Baker sent a meme the other day. So shout out to KB. We love you, Kyle. It says, me in 1995. Come on, Goofy, let your son go to the concert. It means so much to him. Me now. Come on, Max, go on the trip with your dad. It means so much to him. (laughs) That is so true. Like, it really did flip-flop. It's so true. Well, and I'd just like to say that Max, for the good, for, you know, that middle part of the trip was crushing it like he was bringing his dad to like a baseball game and stuff and they were doing all this father-son bonding so at any point during those like highs where the trip is going exactly as they wanted he could have brought up like hey listen like let's do three days of things together and then go to los angeles exactly so yeah i think it it is just the moral of the story is like don't be stubborn talk about things don't say ah forget it and go storm off and also don't go fishing with a t-bone steak because you'll catch a sasquatch right (laughs) don't be sneaky communicate and um compromise compromise communicate and compromise people 100 percent. but i want to know who was everybody's favorite character in this because mine is definitely Bobby with his spray cheese. <laughs> okay, Bobby is the best character in both of the Goofy movies. He's I so, love him so he's much. so funny. I was grossed out by the cheese. Oh, it's really? so gross. It's so, so gross, but I love it. <laughs> I actually kind of really liked the animation. It was a little bit more like yeah. 3D, 3D. Like there's some more like depth to it and a little bit more pop to the characters. But something about the che- the animation of the cheese was just... <laughs> he pointed it out when they were eating the pizza in the hotel room too, how the cheese was like... The animators um, loved cheese. <laughs> yes. It was so long. But yeah, Bobby was my favorite. I think Sasquatch was my second favorite. And I kept telling Tyler, I was like, no, no, no. Oh, you'll see who my second favorite is. <laughs> like, I loved the whole weird cult of the possum. Uh, oh um, my goodness! The the possum people, the freaky Chuck E. Cheese thing, the animatronic. Yes, I said that I was like, it's a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it was terrifying. But, but like, people were hyped about it. Like, they loved it. Was that your? Were those your favorite yeah. characters? I mean, it was just it, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> a, a lot of this movie was not what I was expecting. Uh, they definitely yeah. took some took some hard rights to keep me uh, keep me on my toes. <laughs> Lex, what about you? What yeah. was your favorite character? 
I I absolutely adore Bobby. I think him and um, Roxanne's dad, just because of how little <laughs> a character he had. But he, like, he had the smallest role, but he was just so funny, and he would just stand at the door anytime Max was at the house and I just loved stare. It. Tyler pointed out, he goes, how come all the dads in this movie, when they come in to like answer a door or show up anywhere, he's like, they all have the towel and the hair yes. mat, like the hair thing on. <laughs> it, it was like they were both the dad and the mom. It was so funny. Yeah. And I, I've always wondered, I know they don't show it in any of the Goofy movies or anything, but who the heck procreated with Goofy? I know. I think <laughs> they about never that every bring up time. his mom. They never bring up the mom. They never show a picture of her. Oh, I thought there was yeah. a throwaway line about a mom or something. I didn't hear. Am I wrong? You think? Okay. I didn't I hear anything. In I didn't hear yeah. any. I mean, we could go back and look and see if they said anything. But yeah, I. Right. I feel like they don't say anything about it. They also don't say anything about where PJ's mom is. They don't say anything about where Roxanne's right. mom is. They did the typical Disney thing where they just kill the mom <laughs> and we never hear Whoa. about her. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that a Disney thing? That's such a Disney thing. What? The mom is always no. dead. <laughs> well, poor Roxanne then, because Roxanne was into Max's heel. And that means in a few years, oh. she's she's a she's goner. Gonna, she's gonna be sent to the farm. <laughs> Another one bites dust. Um, but I do agree with um, with Tyler what he said about the animation. I thought the animation was so much fun in this movie, and I really miss Disney's two D animation, like the where they actually went ham on the backgrounds, and then the characters were in two D. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I really miss the soft animation of yeah. before the 2000s. Like, everything before the 2000s. We've talked about this, Tyler and I, when we've watched, you know, the 1960 Scooby-Doo. Yeah. It's just something about early animation is just so soft and so nice on the eyes. Yeah. Um, it's just very easy to look at, very easy to follow, and... Like you said, oftentimes it's so beautiful and detailed in the background yeah. because they had to be. And yeah, I, I 100% agree. I really miss that animation style. But even comparing to like Lion King, yeah, which probably came out only a few years previous. It came out the year previous. Yeah. yeah it, the Goofy movie, I was just very impressed by. And especially given your fun fact about the fact that this movie was kind of um, a contractual obligation. Right. Mm-hmm. The animators clearly still put their heart and soul into it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. The animators were still like, run me my money. I don't care if it's contractual. <laughs> you better pay me. Exactly. Everything is a resume booster. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And that's not saying that I don't like the animation from like Frozen and stuff like that. But yeah, there's like something special about the 90s animation. It's so much fun. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think overall there was a lot going on in this movie, but it was all a lot of fun. And I actually really like the... Um, I guess the realistic relationship that they gave to Goofy and Max, how they kind of had that dynamic of Goofy wanted him to be kids still and Max wanted to grow up. And um, I just thought it was really cute the way that they did it. And there was so much adventure built into it that it wasn't boring at any point. Yeah, I also really liked how they did a great job of showing that really complicated time between somebody becoming a teenager and going through all of that angst coupled with a parent attempting to understand that their child is now getting older and having their own thoughts and opinions and feelings. Right. And I think they did a really good job of encapsulating it on both sides. So how a parent feels during that time and then also how a teenager feels during that time because I think it can be really easy to just write off as like, 
a teenager going, oh, you're the worst, stomping to their room. But in this, they kind of showed, well, no, Max has like pretty valid feelings for why he, you know, is annoyed with this or, you know, wanted to do X, Y, Z or, you know, why this is important to him. And then they, on the flip side, it was also, you know, this is why Goofy sees him this way. And this is why he cares so much. And this is why, you know, he's pushing this so hard because he's afraid of, you know, Max going down a wrong path. So I was really, really happy with how they showed both sides of that, because I think that's something that's not typically done. It's always shown one way or the other. Either the parent is too harsh and we never see their side, or the kid is too stubborn and too angsty and we never see their side. Right. So yeah, so I'm glad that they showed both sides of that. And it made, like I said, it made both of them really likable. And, you know, even though both of them might have had questionable things (laughs) throughout the movie, you kind of understood where both of them were coming from. Right. There was a good balance. And it's not like the Little Mermaid watching it now. And yes. Ariel's like, oh, I'm 16 now. I'm ad- I'm an adult. And I'm like, whoa, no. I also, I completely forgot for a second. My, I think my favorite character was actually Powerline. Yeah. Powerline is so great. <laughs> I love him so much. And I also love at the end how he's just jamming in his concert. And Goofy, like, breaks in. And he, like goes on stage and just starts dancing and stuff and Powerline's like all right like let me start dancing too that's the best thing is that Powerline isn't like get off the stage or like what's going on Powerline's like all right (laughs) I can roll with this (laughs) yeah he's like this man's getting so like this man is grooving I am I am into this and I showed Tyler a TikTok afterwards there's people who have now gone and looked at this movie which we agree, you know, isn't made for actual humans to do these dance moves. Yeah. It's very much made with the laws of cartoon physics. But there are people online, if anybody ever wants to look them up, on YouTube, on TikTok, wherever, who have watched this movie and actually figured out how to recreate Powerline's <gasps> dance choreography. I need to do that. It's so cool. I'll send you some as well. And yeah, I don't know, maybe we can, we can post some on our, our on our Instagram. But right. it's very, very cool um, how these people have basically taken in and even the parts where it's, you know, not physically possible because we're not 2D cartoons. Yeah. They've somehow managed to make, you know, dance moves that go exactly with the choreography and perfectly fit in. And I think that's really, really cool. That is awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. So our final question for the rewatch is... What would we possibly change about this film to make it any better? Other than the communicating. (laughs) Well, I don't even know if you'd have a film if you changed that, so... Yeah, exactly. The only thing that that sort of irked me and made me not like the character was I wasn't really sure, and so maybe this is me from a boy's point of view. Yeah. I wasn't really sure what Roxanne was implying when Max was like, hey, like, I really want... Like, the man... The man, Max, went to your house. (laughs) He knocked on your door. Which I guess by the 90s standards was the standard way of doing that. But like now you just think of like getting a text or a phone call. Right. But like he went out of his way to be like, hey, listen, like I'm really excited to date you or like go on a date with you. You are interested in me, but my dad is dragging me away. And listen, I'm a kid. I can't say no to my dad. But then she was like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to go with somebody else. And it's like, well, whoa, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. I thought that you, like, were interested in him. So, like, that, I did feel bad for Max. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that just seemed a little unfair to him. I mean, right. sure, it sucked. Like, I get that she's bummed that uh, he won't be there. But, like, I feel like that's a very understandable and relatable predicament to be in. I just wasn't sure why then that forced him to make an even bigger lie and to dig himself an even deeper hole. I felt like that could have been done a little bit better. Because then for the rest of the movie, I was like, Roxanne, I'm a little 
little sketched out by Roxanne. <laughs> she did She did my man Max dirty. Yeah, come on. Well, come on, what can you expect from him? He's one guy and he already just showed up the whole... He already pulled off like an awesome, legendary like stunt at the show and yeah. at the school. He's 13, Roxanne. <laughs> he can't drive. He can't... Like, his dad can't leave him. 100%, yeah. But what about you, Steph? Was there anything that you would have changed? I like that Pete kind of got his comeuppance at the end when he realized that like everything yeah. worked out for Goofy and Max. I kind of wish that there had been more of like a just a little twisty twisty into into Pete and you know maybe yeah. PJ saying something or PJ sticking up for himself because their relationship actually made me very very sad. Oh, it was mostly the part where PJ goes to give him a high five and he goes no like you too slow and it like the camera literally shows PJ like making the saddest face. Like, like watch people die inside. Yeah, like, yeah. like but watched him die inside. It was so sad. And I was so upset for him. And I was like, I wanted PJ to like stand up to his dad or like say something, be like, yeah, like see what happens when you like care about your kid and like want to like do f- cool stuff with him and like actually worry about him. I don't know. It just, I, I wish there had been something more for Pete to get his comeuppance with PJ and, you know, for PJ to kind of have yeah. that little moment of like, I want my dad to care about me. So that's, that's probably the only thing I would change because they really just left that completely open-ended it was just you know pete kind of they got one over on him pete couldn't believe it and that's it you never see peter pj until the second movie right so yeah i feel that right yeah what about you lex yeah i I think i think the only thing that i would have changed um in this entire movie was really like the smallest thing that i thought could have been so prominent so basically when max and roxanne are on her porch and max tells her the big lie i'm gonna go be on stage with Powerline, and i'll even wave to you when i'm on the stage i was like okay like he's gonna wave to her and then at the end when he was on stage he never waved to her and i know that's that's such a small thing but i thought it could have been a really cute moment to add in the movie if he had waved to her from the stage because like I don't know I guess from my point of view I thought it would have been extra special and you could have seen her like melt a little bit inside like she was looking like lovey-dovey at the screen but I was like he didn't really do what he said he was gonna do and I like I get it's awesome he's on stage but I kind of wish that there was that little moment where he had waved to her and like blew her a kiss or something you know yeah 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 100 percent. no mean, that's unrealistic standards come on Lexi he's already on stage what do you want from a man come on gotta stick up for my boys here Max you did everything you could oh my gosh I mean really everything spoiler alert there's a reason Roxanne isn't in the second one so oh Roxanne Roxanne pulled another Oh, <laughs> oh! you didn't wave to me. I'm going to go with someone else. Yeah, she literally was just like, I got to date somebody else. See you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trifling. Trifling. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity. I thought it could have been really cute. Yeah. All right. So jumping into our critic ratings. For critic ratings, a goofy movie received a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Nice. A 58% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a 70% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and four out of five stars on Common Sense Media. All right. I mean, I feel like that, I mean, that's pretty even, like 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb plus a 70% audience score. Like, that's pretty much equal. Like, it seems like people kind of have a consistent feeling on this. Right. We always ignore the critics because (laughs) they don't always get it right. We give their ratings just for fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So now for our ratings, we're going to rate it on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this film is a millennial's dream. It's a great catch. And Goofy and Max finally seeing eye to eye is so satisfying to watch. F minus meaning I'd rather fall down a waterfall, have Bigfoot steal my luggage, or embarrass myself in front of my crush than watch this again. (laughs) Based off this rating scale, how would we rate a Goofy movie? Tyler, do you want to go first? (laughs) I like how you put eye to eye in there. That's (laughs) Yes, I had to. Um, honestly, I'd give, I'd give this movie an A minus. Like it's, it's really good. Um, like I said, I was coming in with no expectations. Um, and I think the only thing that would make me a bit reluctant to watch it again would just be the sort of like frustrating teenage black communication plot lines. But I think there's definitely enough detail, uh, and, and rewatchability in the animation and the humor that it's worth another, another look. Yeah. All right. All right, Lex, what about you? You can go next. I think I would probably give this movie an A. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like Tyler said, I didn't like the uh, communication, but that was pretty much the the entire plot of the film. So <laughs> um, it, was, it, it was very cute. I really enjoyed it. But I probably wouldn't give it an A+, because I wouldn't turn to this for a rewatch as quickly as I would turn to the second one because the second one still has my entire heart. Yeah, I think I, I'm with both of you. I am I was literally yeah. going to say I'm somewhere between an A, a and an A minus. So um, yeah, I think... <laughs> Stop trying to be like us, Steph. Honestly. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with both of your points. It's both would you say we all see eye to eye? <laughs> I was just about to say that. I am so mad. You beat me to it. He's grinning. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with both of you. I think it's a really good movie. The animation holds up. The storyline holds up. The humor even still holds up. It's not super campy yeah. and it's not slapstick to the point of being obnoxious. It has some very clever humor in it. And yeah, it's not something I would immediately turn to to rewatch as a comfort movie, but it is something that I would 100% rewatch in the future at any point. So, All right, everyone. Well, you guys can find us on Instagram at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. And don't forget to leave us a rating on whatever platform you're tuning in on. We love any and all feedback. And next week, we're going to be rewatching and reviewing one of our childhood favorites, Thumbelina. Woo! Yeah, so be sure to tune in. You don't want to miss it. I'll be honest, I did not, I always thought that Thumbelina was not a real movie. <laughs> The name wow. just sounds like a, a a caricature of like a of like a Disney movie. You're gonna watch it with me. You're not gonna be in next week's episode, but you can watch it with oh, me. Oh, I've been benched. <laughs> Unless you want to go back for one week. But uh, thank you so much for joining us again, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. All right, I'm, I'm, I was gonna make another uh, child kitty chaser joke. Tyler, so kitty. <laughs> no, we are not chasing children. We're chasing our childhoods, and with that, we. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye.